Are you tired of spinning your wheels with ineffective marketing strategies? Do you dream of finding a way to grow your business while also giving back to your community? Well, have you thought about charitable auctions? Maybe you've tried them in the past and you feel stuck because you're tired of donating to auctions that haven't gone that well. Either the winners never bothered to redeem their gift certificates or the ones who did were so price sensitive that you wished you'd never heard from them in the first place. Or maybe you've wanted to try auction marketing, but you don't know where to start and the thought of a bunch of trial and error makes you want to lay down and take a nap. Well, we've just launched our brand new course, Rework Your Marketing with Charitable Auctions. In this course, you'll gain access to a comprehensive course that has been meticulously crafted over 18 years of our own trial and error in our portrait studio in the trenches of charitable auctions. In this course, we dive deep into the world of charitable auction marketing and uncovering the secrets to our success with this. From setting clear goals to identifying the best charities for your business, we'll show you how to navigate this powerful marketing strategy with confidence. But that's not all. You're also going to receive a treasure trove of exclusive resources, including customizable templates, vendor recommendations, and tracking spreadsheets. Picture this. You donate a portrait session to a local charity auction. Not only does your donation attract the attention of your ideal clients, but it also helps support a cause that you're passionate about. And with the tools and insights provided by this course, you'll be able to turn those auction winners into lifelong clients. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, now is the time to rework your marketing strategy with charitable auctions. Visit our website today, dotherework.com forward slash auctions, and take the first step toward transforming your business and making a difference in your community. Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Do you ever feel like your life is not your own, that you could work 24 hours a day and still not get everything done. I think we've all felt like that. And the solution for me has been to focus on finding ways to create space in my schedule, to not book myself back to back, back to back, but to carve out a little space to have life happen, to prepare for life's emergencies, eventualities, serendipity. And all of this we're going to discuss today with Jessica Mackey. She's in a crazy phase of life, as am I. And I think we've all been through the elasticity and craziness of time in the last couple of years. So we're going to talk about how the things that we're doing that are helping us create space in our own schedules. And I hope it will be inspiring for you. 
friends, and welcome back to The Rework. I have Jessica Mackey here with me today. Hello. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Well, we've had a lot of conversations lately about our lives and business and how those things collide. And I don't think that we're alone in our struggles. No. So I thought it might be a good idea for us to maybe have that conversation again about time, how we're using it, and being able to explore the concept of opening up space in your life to actually allow things to happen rather than just scheduling every possible second. Because I feel like the world is tired. Like we're all just tired and barely making it. Right. So... And I think, I think a lot of people in this industry, because they are working outside or because they do the retouching themselves and all of these things, like they can just be working 20 hours a day and still feel like they're not getting enough done. Yeah. You know, and so we do have a tendency to put a lot on ourselves. And for me personally, this conversation came up because I decided to get my master's, which I'm so excited about. And I love, love, love it. But it's a lot Yeah, on top of work and kids. My oldest graduating and yeah, all so, of that. So just for those of you who don't know, maybe haven't quote unquote met Jessica, you have four children. Yes. The oldest of who's about to graduate. He is. And, and how old's Kate, your youngest? So my youngest is nine. And so we kind of are at that phase where it feels like it's all happening too fast. I so just you've got elementary, to, junior yes. high, high school. You're just spread Sports, across all, all of the things. Mm-hmm. And then you work for Allison Tyler Jones Photography Studio for about 30-ish hours a week. So yeah, we had to cut back when I started yeah. my master's. But even then, you mm-hmm. know, it's just hard to fit in all of the things yeah. and still be the mom and wife and everything that you envision. And so we got talking, you and I, about the importance of creating space and how sometimes that means thinking outside the box. You know, that as women specifically, we think we have to do it all ourselves. Mm-hmm. That I have to be the one to go to the grocery store and buy all the groceries and plan the meals and clean the house and do the laundry and, right. you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I have a great team. My husband and kids help, but there's something to be said with outsourcing. Yeah. And you're a big fan of outsourcing. I am a big fan. Well, and I know that feeling of, you know, you're at your studio, you're working. And I just think I've felt so many times I've had to run through my mind. I could work 24 hours a day and it still would not be done. And I feel like in the last couple of years, actually, I don't really feel that way anymore because I, for the first time I have a team that is so good. Typically up, you know, until the last couple of years, I've always worked with just like maybe one other person And then when Ivan came into the business, there would have been three of us. And then we would hire some people to help out during the busy season to get us through that. But we were always just to the wall. And so getting a little more, bringing Caitlin on this year, but then we also took on the rework, you know, this podcast and the education. So now there's two businesses that are running. And so that's been, we're just kind of like, ah, trying to figure it out. But I I think I finally learned one thing is just that being able to trust, to have a good team. And to be able to trust somebody else to do something, that has been really, really helpful for me. But now I see you as a younger mom struggling and like to do everything. So I think a lot of the problems that we come up against when it comes to time management, time in itself, well, actually just the, the concept of time management, like that we can manage time. It's, yeah. it's a fiction. You can't. Like a time Get is what it. it is. Yes. Yeah. And it's the great leveler. We've heard it, you know, said, you know, everybody's got the same 24 hours in a day. 
but how we're using that time and how we think about it. There's a lot of stories that we're telling ourselves about that. And especially as women in particular, that there are certain things that we have to do. And I, as post-feminists, we're still, there's a lot of stories. There's still a lot of things that are running around in our head that we, to be a good mom, you need to be. At all of the sporting right. events, you have to do the bedtime routine and read them five stories and you have to, right. you know, fix the homemade meal from scratch every yeah. day and. Organic. You know, yes. Yeah, Non-GMO. Yes, right. And clean the floor on your hands and knees. Yeah. And, you know. With the, yeah. <laughs> with only a natural toothbrush. Right. Right. And, no, and nothing with bad chemicals in it, you know, make sure that there's no bad chemicals. I know. And so, and you laugh at that because you're a middler mom. You're not like a young, right. you don't you have like little tiny kids. So there's a lot of myths you probably debunked for yourselves, but a lot of that stuff lingers. So with Jessica and I were having this conversation and she was just like, I don't know how I'm going to do it all. I don't know how I'm going to work because yeah, she needs to work. To, I mean, yeah. you know, like those four kids got to be paid for somehow. They got to help. <laughs> right. And so which things are you going to choose? And so we were looking at what was the book that that story was from. There was a book and they were talking about, it was like some guide, some Himalayan guide was saying, if you want to be successful, like that your life is, right. is a stove and there, there's four burners. There's your relationships, your work, your health. What's the fourth one? Spirituality or yeah, your family? Like, Did you already say family? Yeah. Relationships, health, work. Why am I telling the story when I tell the story? <laughs> anyway, so they're like, if you want to be successful, you need to turn off a burner. Your and if you want to be really successful, you need to turn off two. Well, if you're a mom and a decent person, you're, you're not going to cash in your kids. Working's a reality. And what are you going to give up? So we, we explored the idea of maybe outsourcing things. In my world, that would be like maybe hiring more employees. But in on your personal level, there are also things that we can outsource. So like cleaning, you yes. know, you really kind of bullied me into getting a cleaning lady. Yeah. And it was like this huge weight off my shoulders to be like, oh my gosh, my house is going to be clean, you know, because I feel like there's certain things that become these black clouds mm -hmm. that just hang over us. And for me, when my house is dirty, when my room is dirty, it feels a little bit like that black cloud. Like it's, it's hovering and it's something I need to pay attention to. I just don't have time. Exactly. You know, I don't have time to get all the things done and your mental and physical health and everything kind of starts to pay the price when you just don't have time. Exactly. So when I think we get to the point where we're just up to our eyeballs and everything, we can stop doing something or we can get help. Right. And so I think asking for help is hard. And I think it not only asking for help is hard, but many of us, many entrepreneurs or solopreneurs find it really hard to pay for help. Right. That I can't afford to. Right. And so then my question is that, can you afford not to, you know, because if you can get somebody to help and cleaning your house is just one example. We're right. not advocating that this is the solution for everybody. This was just a solution for you at this point in time. But if you know that your house is going to be clean once a week, top to bottom, you're not having to nag your kids. You're not having to worry about that. And that frees your mind to work more on your master's. You become then more valuable or work more hours. You can make more money during that time than you would if you were doing the cleaning yourself. Or spend time at my kid's baseball game, exactly. you know, which for me is a huge value to be able to do that. But if spending to do both, if doing both means that I'm up until 1am, 
Like that's just right. not sustainable. Exactly. And I, I remember a good friend of mine said she worked as a personal trainer on the North Shore of Chicago when she was in college. And she said she worked for this woman who was very wealthy, had a lot of services. So obviously she had a personal trainer. But then she also had somebody that was like a house manager and did her grocery shopping and all of that sort of thing. And she says she was pretty judgy of this woman. Like, oh, well, it must be nice to be so rich that you could afford to have all of those things. And she thought, you know, kind of judged her even as a mom. Like, well, you really, you aren't cooking. You aren't really doing all the things. Then she became a mom herself, That my friend, the personal trainer. And she says, I look back and I realize that woman was genius because obviously she was in a privileged position. She could afford these services, but what she did with the money that she had is she paid for the admin for somebody to get the Costco, to help cook the food, to run the errands. And this woman used her time to help in her kid's classroom and go to every sporting event. And she was able to cherry pick the things that she really wanted to do to actually be there for her kids and not just be running around doing all the admin. Now, there are those of us who are not independently wealthy. We can't pay for a million services. But sometimes I think we can afford more things than we think we can. And with the way that the world is now, how connected and with technology, we actually can almost have some semblance of those kinds of services that allow us to put space in our calendar and allow us to be more present, to do the things we want to do, or just rest. Well, and as an entrepreneur or solopreneur, I mean, you do have a little bit more control over your prices. Yeah. You know, so maybe if you're looking at your life and you're like, I can't sustain this, I've got to send all of my stuff to an offsite retoucher. Right. I've got to hire a cleaning lady. I've got to do all these things so that I can spend time with my family. Well, the solution is to raise your prices. Right. You know, is to be able to adjust things to accommodate outsourcing. Right. You know, to accommodate creating a team. And I think for a lot of us, We've been raised to think that a team is maybe a business thing, Mm -hmm. but I think it can be a personal thing too. Like your team is your door dasher (laughs) and you know, whoever it is, it's Costco delivery and your cleaning delivery, all the things that kind of help you sustain a healthier lifestyle. Exactly. And so if we rewind maybe four or five years ago, the situation was my prices were where they needed to be. Like I had a sustainable, profitable business. Ivan had come into the business again. We were working with, we had one other uh, retoucher. So basically three of us working in the business, still so incredibly busy. And especially when it came to the fall season, I would just be like, how am I going to get all of this done and do Christmas for my family, which is the challenge every single year. And every year I'm always trying to hack it and figure out like, how can I do this and actually enjoy the time? And so what I found is that, okay, we are having too many people picking up things. Like if people are coming in to pick up their holiday cards, that turned into like a nightmare because they... We had to be there. They, and they're they had, interrupting. We had to be there. Somebody yeah. had to be there to greet them, to give them to them, to look at them. And they're then, coming in the middle of a shoot. They're, right. Yeah. And they sometimes they, you know, you're out running errands. You're not going to come in at exact time to go pick something up. So it was very, very difficult. And so I decided, why are we having people come and pick anything up? And especially we're in, a, we're in a hard place to get to. The parking sucks, you know, around our building. So why don't we just find a courier 
a local courier and we'll just add it into the price of all the cards and just we'll courier it to the clients. And then we schedule it when they, and we know when they're coming. So a courier does come at a set time Mm -hmm. and then they just deliver it and it's completely fine. So that service was so great for our clients because they didn't necessarily have to be home. The courier could leave it on their doorstep or whatever. We didn't have to have another appointment. It was just one less thing to make life part. Right. And I think that that's when you look at your life and your schedule and you're trying to figure out how to outsource and what you can outsource and what you can afford to outsource. I think there are those things that's like, you know, you almost have to think outside the box. Like what are the aspects of my day that are speed bumps or that are preventing me from doing that more important? What's the good, better, best? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, having to wait around for a client to come is good. You get to talk to them. You get to see them face to face. Or I could be using that time to shoot or sell or... Right. Because I know, we know that we're going to see the client when we deliver and install their work on the wall, but they need their holiday cards before that. Like, you know, that's the most time sensitive thing. So we found a local courier and my block for this was I can't afford a local courier because the courier that we had been using for other things up until that point, we were using them sporadically. They were really expensive and they were flaky. And so I just thought I can't, you know, it's like 50 bucks or something to courier something. And so Ivan said, well, let me look around and see what kind of couriers are out there. We found this amazing local courier, like 15 bucks to go almost anywhere. So I had this mental block that it had to be $50 and it had to be a sucky service. I did, I just hadn't shopped around because right. I hadn't even had time to look at it. So Ivan, just taking that little bit of time, found us an amazing service that was, they work on an app system. We know when they've signed for it. Like it's just so good. And so that's not always the case. Sometimes you can't find it, but that really was amazing. And it taught me that sometimes we just suffer because that's what we've always done. And we're not just looking and seeing is, could there be another way? And this thing that I always thought I could never do that, or I could never afford that. Well, can you afford not to? Right. Because that time moves so fast, yeah. you know, and if you're missing that time with your family because you're retouching, well, maybe it's worth looking into what it would cost to outsource retouching and seeing if you can add that into your price. Exactly. You know, like you're not, as an entrepreneur, solopreneur, you're not, that's not out of your pocket. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. You can adjust your prices to have your price reflect outsourcing. It should. Like all of your prices it should, should be. End. Yeah. And so what I typically find is that many photographers are charging a markup on like the actual hard materials, but they are failing to factor in their time. Right. And you not only have to factor in your time, but you have to factor in supporting the business as well. So you're supporting yourself and then you're also supporting the business and that all has to be rolled in there. So that's, I mean, and that's a different conversation. That's a pricing conversation, but it really, the ultimate commodity, or I guess you would say is time, yeah. you know? And so th- and that's something that we're never going to get more of. And we're losing that 24 hours. It just keeps going. <laughs> and so the other thought I had too, was that I did probably about three years ago was I found that when I could take Friday off, it made my life so much better. I was so much more efficient during the week. And then I really was able to have a really amazing weekend because 
you know, we are very active in our church activities. And so on Sundays, that's not really necessarily a day of rest, so to speak. It's not Sunday fun day. It's like Sunday church day, which it's also fun and we love it. Right. But there's a lot to do. So we're not getting like that downtime. So having that Friday allowed me to go, if I needed to run errands or do things, I was doing it not on a Saturday. Right. Um, get your hair done, get a massage, you exactly. know, any kind of self-care items. You had a day to take care of that. Getting your teeth cleaned or whatever. And then now that we have grandkids, I want to spend time with my grandkids. And that's right. something that I was not having time to do. And I think that that's another thing that photographers run into is feeling like your day has to be booked. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if your studio, you feel like it has to be one thing after another, after another, but that actually is a disservice. Cause like you said, it's not leaving that time. Yeah. And many times when you're looking at your, like a studio calendar, you're like, okay, here's a shoot. Here's a client. It's basically all client meetings, but are you putting in time for production? Are you putting time in that if you have employees to meet with the employees, are you putting time in just leaving like for lunch? Right. You know, what? You have I, to eat? I know. Like I wasn't even putting in time for lunch or time to breathe. And so just building in now that, that doesn't mean that with Fridays, I never work a Friday. Of course I work a Friday, but blocking that time off, it was interesting to me how quickly everything kind of shoved to Monday through Thursday. Right. Because nobody would schedule something on that day because they knew that I wasn't going to be there. And then of course, if somebody had to have that date, I could shoot on that date and it would be fine. But it really taught me that, man, if you just put it in there on the calendar, it really actually gets done or not done. Where you create that space. Because if you just think that space is going to magically like insert itself into your calendar, it's never going to happen. But you know, it's like things are going smooth and then there's a problem with an album or something you have to take care of. And if you're booked back to back with clients all day, where do you have time to take care of that? Well, then you're taking care of it during your son's baseball game instead of being at the base, you know? And so it's like, if you just create that space in your schedule, both personal and professional, then you are available. How is it you say it to let things happen? Yeah. It's just, you know, that when you you're staring down the barrel of a week on a Monday, for example, and you're looking ahead at your week and you're seeing what's on on the calendar, we all know just by experience has taught us that all that stuff that's on the calendar, that's great. It probably will happen, but there's a whole lot of stuff that's not on that calendar. That's going to happen. You're going to get a call from Kate saying that she left her backpack at home and she has a test and she, you got to go run it to the school. Somebody's going to have, or one of your kids is going to get sick. I mean, oh my gosh, has 2020, 2021 yeah. taught us nothing, right. you know, they're going to be quarantined or a kid gets sick, you get sick. Somebody in your family has something that happens. There's always going to be things an employee can't come to work. There's always going to be emergencies or fires or things that come up. And if we don't have any play in our schedule at all, then you just freak out. You right. It, it ups our stress level like yeah. exponentially because there's no place to put that. Yeah. I don't have time for this. So how we've worked that out with our schedule is, and I think we'll do a podcast at some point on like at the actual technique we use to do our schedule. But one of the things that I really like is we always tend to have Mondays as a production day and we don't, as a general rule, we do not schedule client meetings on that day. So that gives us a day. And that doesn't mean that we have a meeting every Monday. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, but it's just a day for everybody to kind of get in, look at what you need to do and kind of get the week started. And you're not having to like immediately start with having clients in your face right off the bat. It's like a prep day. Yeah. 
And I think that on the personal end of things, and even professionally, you know, especially if you're running your own business, one thing that was a game changer for me is you don't have to have an excuse to say no. So Allison taught me early on, like, avoid the TMI. You know, you don't have to say, I'm sorry, I can't shoot that day because, or Allison can't shoot that day because it's her anniversary and her and her husband are taking the day off and did it. Like, yeah. they don't need to know that. Nobody needs to know that. Right. So yeah. TMI, too much information in case you didn't get that acronym, but right. And and so that's a really good, I love that you brought that up because that was the very first TMI yeah. that you did, right? <laughs> that you were like, what did you say? Like, why would you tell the client that? I know. So a client had called and wanted to book a session on my wedding anniversary. And, you know, like, who cares? They don't know that. And so Jessica's like, oh, no, that's Allison and Ivan's wedding anniversary. And I think they're going to be doing something that day. And so she can't book that day. And so I'm like, okay, TMI, the clients don't care about us. They don't care about our anniversary or our lives. All you have to do is just say, I don't see anything available on the 19th. How does the 20th look? Right. You know? And you don't have to explain. Like, exactly. what, what do you say about royalty? Like, don't complain, don't explain. Yeah. You know? Queen Elizabeth, never complain, never explain. Yeah. And so, and I use it all the time in my personal life too. If there's a baby shower that I just look at a Saturday and I'm like, I need some time. Like I need some time in there to get some grocery shopping done. Like it's not even that I have anything I need to be at. You just need a mental space to not have to be at something every second of every day. And then I need to be able to get all the other admin stuff done. I'll just be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't make it. Yep. You know, I'll drop a gift off Yeah. type thing. Like you don't have to say I can't make it because it's my son's baseball game and he's pitching. And, you know, I just really feel like I need to be there and he's graduate. Like nobody cares. They don't care. And the ones that will care in a not in an unhealthy way, <laughs> the ones that are trying to make you do things, they're like the teenagers that like the more, you, the more ammunition you give them, the more they argue, they turn into attorneys, you know, they, right. they're like, oh, well, didn't you go to his last three games? Well, why do you need to be there for that one? It's like, no, 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 no. Again, we don't need to explain. We just say, oh, thank you so much for thinking of me. I won't be able to come, but I'll drop off a gift. Right. That's like done, easy, done. Another one that I heard that was really good about saying no was, I think it was from a Tim Ferriss podcast. So when somebody asks him to do something, he'll say, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. But if I find that I find space to do it, I'll let you know. Mm -hmm. But what do we, so that closes the loop and doesn't give him a hard no. What do we normally do? Um, Well, let me get back to you. And then we have an open loop that we've got to remember. And then they start nagging you. Right, right. So if you're like, I, I, it doesn't look like my schedule is going to allow for that right now. But if anything changes, I'll let you know. So it's a no. And then I'll let you know. So then if you get somebody that's really persistent, they might like a few days later or as the time gets closer, they might say, hey, did you look at your schedule? Does it look like it's going to be able to work? Then all you have to do is just say, yeah, it's not going to work. Right. So it's like a, a soft no. It's a soft no. And then it just also kind of puts that off to yeah. where it's like, and you don't have said to no. revisit it. Yes. You never have to revisit because you told him you didn't think it was going to work, but that you would let him know if it worked. Now you can forget about it. Right. Or if it nags at you and you're like, oh, I really do kind of want to do that. That would be a good experience for yeah. me or a good business opportunity. Mm-hmm. Then you can come back to it and be like, hey, things opened up. It looks like I'm going to be able to do it. Yeah. Like you've, you've left that window. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good point. Because I think sometimes we get so, if we're pleasers, we want people to approve of us and we want to be seen as being approved of. And so we'll say yes before we really even think about it or we've really evaluated it. And then we're just pissed because we're like, 
why did I say yes to that? I mean, I have a t-shirt that I wear to bed every night that says my favorite plans are canceled plans, <laughs> you know, because it's like, I'll say yes to everything. And then I'm like, oh, why did I say yes? And to then that? you're bitter. Right. And that's not fair yeah. to the person that asked you. Like you right. should, anything that you say yes to, I mean, theoretically, if we're doing this right and living a joyful life that we would like to live, we should be excited that we're going to do it. So if that's your criteria, like don't say yes, unless you're excited about it. Well, it might take you a while to figure out whether you want to be excited about that. <laughs> right. You need to process So I don't think it. I'm going to be able to do that. But if anything changes, I'll let you know. And then, and you know, after you slept on it, you know, actually this is going to further my career. It's going to get me more clients or it's something that I've always wanted to do. Yeah, I am going to do it. Well, and sometimes it's just something that scares you. So you right. need a few days to process it, to determine like, am I just scared? Is it you know, something I shouldn't be doing. And so it's just nice to have that window. And I think, I mean, isn't it, is it Brene Brown that talks about setting healthy boundaries? Oh, yeah. You know, and that goes for clients, that goes for family. And I think it's hard because it's especially on the personal side of things. You're like, well, if I say no, then they're going to judge me. Yeah. You know, but they won't like, like me. Yeah. You're like, that's their problem, not yours. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we just, we assume Right. And we take that on ourselves. So you hate everybody that's told you no. Clearly, yes. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That, that's what right. you're So, so anybody that has said shower. no to you, you just categorically hate them. Right. Disapprove of them and are judging them forever. Well, if you're a doormat, if you've been rolling over for many years, that might actually be true because <laughs> you think in your mind that to be nice and to be a good person, you should always say yes. But going back to Brene Brown, I remember listening to, oh, I don't know what book it was of hers. But she said in her research that she'd done that she found that the most compassionate people were actually the ones with the best boundaries. And that made her so mad Mm. because she's like, wait a minute, how can that be true? Like, I am so nice. I say yes to almost everything. I'm at everything. I attend all the showers. And you're telling me the people that say no are actually more compassionate? Like, no, 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 no. That does. So she like reran the research like multiple times because she couldn't believe that that was correct. But what she realized was that, yeah, when you have boundaries and you've carved out space for yourself, then you have resource so that when something happens, you can just roll in and make it happen for somebody. Right. Because you have preserved enough. You know, it's the old how many times have we heard the metaphor of the face mask, you know, put your mask on before you put your kid's mask on or whatever. But if you have the, whether it's money as a resource, because you've made boundaries of pricing yourself right, running a profitable, sustainable business, that when you hear about a client or a client's friend that has cancer or that is terminal or whatever, that you can roll forward and completely do a session for them with framed art and the whole thing and do it for free because you've been priced right all along. You can be more philanthropic and you can give more because you've been charging appropriately and you have a sustainable business. Same thing with time. If you've carved out and said, okay, I'm not going to work Fridays or I'm not going to anymore do this frivolous thing that this person's been asking me and I hate doing it. I don't want to do it. It takes me 10 hours to do. Fill in the blank. Right. Whatever the thing is that you, you don't want to do. Now that when somebody asks me to help out with something that really I'm passionate about, that I feel like will really move the needle for my own goals or a cause that I'm passionate about, then you are able to make that happen. Let's go open a soup kitchen. Let's go open it or whatever, whatever the thing is that you want to do. But if you're just piddling it away that everybody that asks something that you're yes, 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 yes. And you're going, 
you know, as Greg McEwen in Essentialism says, you're making a millimeter of progress in a thousand different directions. You never get to really go deep into something. And so I resemble that so much in my own life. I've made those same stupid decisions so many times. But as I get older, I realize, no, actually, it's kinder to just be honest and say, thank you so much for thinking of me. It doesn't look like it's going to work for me right now, but I'll let you know if anything changes. Yeah, because I think you do have to listen to how you feel Mm. about something. So if someone, if you get an invitation or you see something, you're like, ugh, you know, like I should go to that. Like I should attend. I should, you know, that sometimes like we kill ourselves with all the shoulds, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're not leaving that time open for the person who just got into the hospital and you want to be there for them and you want to do this good thing. Well, you can't because you're doing all these things you should be doing that. Should you? Yeah. Do you have to? No. And I also know that I've had enough experience in my life to know that it's amazing how when something really bad hits the fan, how quickly you can clear the decks in Mm -hmm. and how few things really matter. So for example, in 2014, my nephew, my sister's oldest boy, was in a horrible accident at the dunes. He wrote, wrote a quad off of a high, like a 40-foot embankment. He thought that it was a gradual slope on the other side, but it was what they call a witch's eye. And he just literally launched 40 feet off this embankment and was paralyzed. And they flew him. We live in the Phoenix area. They flew life flighted him to Palm Springs. And so my sister and her husband went over there and they were over there alone. And this was October 14th. Right in the middle of the busy season. Yep. And I had shoots scheduled and view and order scheduled an entire week. I mean, you know, we're all in the business. We know what that time of year was like. And I literally canceled the entire week and we drove to Palm Springs and I sat in ICU with her, with that boy. And that was one of the most sacred experiences of my life. I would never have missed that for the world. And it was just, it needed to happen. And my clients were awesome about it. It was completely fine. And even when I came back and we had to fit all those things around, it worked. worked. And then coincidentally, 2019, October 14th, there's something about that day that's very bad for our family. My brother, my sister's husband, different sister, husband, just dropped dead of a heart attack in the middle of He of did his, not drop dead. Well, he did. His heart they stopped. He did technically. What? Yeah. And his 13-year-old son was with him. They were changing a tire in a car. He fell over. His eyes rolled back in his head. And she, he ran running for my sister. And she came out and was doing compressions. And he was unresponsive. And they revived. His heart was beating again, but he had not regained consciousness. So here she has a, like a 14-year-old, 13-year-old, and a little kid's. All of this stuff happening again, October 14th. Again, I had shoots. It was on a Monday. I had back to back shoots that whole day. And like, I'm going to go shoot. Well, right. Like, that's not going to happen. So we literally canceled the whole week. <laughs> and I went to the hospital and sat until he, you know, came around and he, luckily, he's fine, you know, and doing well. But, you know, the only reason I tell those stories is just that. We've all had experiences like that where time stops and you realize what is really important. We've all collectively as a globe, as a human family have been through that during 2020 where we thought we're all going to die and many did. And so we've been through this hard time and this scary time. And now we're in this, like, is there going to be a world war? I mean, there's just (sighs) really scary things happening all the time. 
and we feel kind of fragile and unprotected. And, and so this is kind of a far ranging conversation, but as you and I talked the other day, I just realized that so often we have these scripts of what it is that we have to do, what it is that we should be doing. And that if we could maybe get off the hamster wheel long enough to say, I need some space in here to just have processing time. I need some space to just be. You need some space for the things that you can't predict. Like if you didn't have space, even in the busy season, to reschedule those shoots, right? You know that would have been bad. Like you would have killed yourself just trying to make up yeah. all that you had missed. And it's like, you know, I think that we take space for granted. We think busy is best and it's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we do want to be busy, but you have to like be smart about it. Yeah. And it's easy to feel like, oh, my business is really successful because I'm busy. But if if you're not carving out that profitability, if you're not being very intentional about how you're using your time in ways that not only make the business better, but also make your life better. If you're just giving yourself to where you're working 24 hours a day or, you know, up late retouching, or you're just stuck on a hamster wheel, you know, and you feel like you can never get off that just might bear some evaluation and some different ways of looking. Could you outsource? Could you have Instacart? I haven't been in a grocery store in like six years, like to actually shop for groceries. I mean, I have Instacart just brings, and it is a little bit more expensive, but not really that much. And when you look at the time that is spent, like I can order my groceries as I'm getting ready to leave the studio and then they'll be at my house when I get home. Well, so it's like 15 minute grocery shopping versus an hour and a half. And that hour and a half is time, like time is money, you know? So that's money you could have been making at work had you worked an hour. Or it's, it's me in my jammies cuddled up in my bed with my husband watching some Netflix, something instead of having to be at the grocery store. Right. You know? And so that's valuable too. Or, you know, having my grandbaby swinging her in the backyard in a swing, you know? So it's just having a life to where we're not just we're not just doing all the things that we think we should be doing, but we're doing the things that we want to be and that we're able to contribute what we're uniquely put here to do. Absolutely. And there's options. Like again, with the research, like you yeah. may, you say in your mind, oh, I could never afford to Instacart. Costco, it's so expensive. Well, Instacarting fries is a fraction of the price. Yeah. You know, so it's like, just look at your options. Don't write off that you can't afford something. Yeah. You know, do the research. Walmart's awesome for that. They oh. actually have really good delivery and it's super affordable. It is. It really yeah. is. And so, and even like I was having this conversation with Catherine Langsford, she won't mind that I tell this story, but she was talking about an employee that she's like, it's driving me crazy because they're in downtown Vancouver and they have one parking space that she pays for. It's a thousand dollars a year. Oh my gosh. I know it's a lot. So when they have clients come, then she has the employee go down and move her car so the client can park in her spot. And then they, you know, it's like this whole musical chairs of, of a parking. But then the client, her, then her, her employee never has a parking space and it's always having to find one and then move it so that she doesn't get a ticket. And so it's just this whole thing. She's like, it's driving me crazy because all day she's worried about the parking. She's looking out the window to see if like the parking person's coming by and all of that. And so literally we just had this conversation yesterday. I said, why don't you just buy another parking spot? She's like, they're a thousand dollars a year. So I did math which you would be proud, right? I got my my calculator. I'm like, that's $166.66 a month. How long is she standing at that window looking out? How much time is it taking for her to move everybody? Like if she didn't have to worry about that, would that be worth $166? Because that's like a gym membership or or a nice gym, but still, and it's your business. And she's like, 
I don't know why I hadn't thought about that. But I'm like, but I do that kind of stuff all the time because you think you're tripping over. It's like my old business partner used to say, you're tripping over dollars to pick up dimes. Like you're trying to pick up this penny, but you, you just tripped over like a bucket of gold bullion. So either letting that employee waste all this time or you're having her go and run around the city in your car so you can have your client park there when you could just have another parking space. Right. But until you take the time to break that down right. and figure out what that would be a month, what it would be a day, right? You know, you you start to realize, wow, okay, that's yeah. that's not less what I than thought. that's less than your Starbucks habit for <laughs> sure, for sh- way less. And some of these things that we're suggesting that we're talking about, I realize are privileged problems to have. They are first world problems. There's no question. But wherever you are in your business, whether you're new, starting out, have employees, don't have employees. The overriding message that I would like for you to take away from this and what, you know, the conversation that Jessica and I've had, because Jessica is a younger mom, her husband is newer in his career, right? Mm -hmm. So you're, you guys are still coming along. And so we can't all afford the same things, but we can do some things. And sometimes it just takes putting your mind there and saying, I need this time. Yeah. And what would it look like yes. to make this happen? Yeah. You know, How so, can I, yeah, rather than I, that, I would never. Exactly. Yeah. And people would judge me. Forget yeah. people. Yeah. Like it's not about them. It's about you, yeah. you know, and it's about creating the lifestyle that you want. And so if I want to do a cleaning lady, what is that going to look like? Yeah. You know, does that mean that we just have canes a little less often? Yeah. You know, like problem solved. Yeah. So there's usually a way. And it, because at the end, like the most important thing is the time that we're spending with the people we love. Yep. And if we're not getting enough of that, we need to look for ways. And if we are selling in our business, we are basically creating the documentation of those relationships and the beauty of that relationship. That's really at the core of kind of what we're all about anyway, is we love our families and we love to document families and we love relationships between people. And so how can we get more of that and quit telling ourselves things that we can't do or, or painting ourselves into corners that we don't need to be in? Right. It's like we always say, you know, don't tell a client, no, what you say is, well, what I can do. Yeah. You know, so when you're looking at your own schedule, it's like, no, I could never. Well, what I can do. Exactly. You know, I may not be able to afford a cleaning lady, but what I can do is, I don't know. <laughs> Pay your kids to do it. Yeah. Like it's a fraction <laughs> of the price right. and they want the money. Yeah. So yeah, there's, yeah, all, there's that, ways. asking for help, finding help, paying for help. There's always a way. And then just carving out some space for yourself. So We just want to encourage anybody listening to this that we believe in you. We know that it's been hard for the last few years. If you're a mother, man, it's been really hard. If you have school-age kids, really, really hard. Sending lots of love. Yeah, we're sending you lots of love. And this, we just wanted this to be encouraging. If you needed a permission slip to have your groceries delivered or a cleaning lady, I just signed it. Or to say no. I just signed it. Oh, and to say no, yes. We just signed your permission slip and Jessica signed it. You have two signatures on your permission slip. Go say no and take a nap. (laughs) Create the space you need for all of those things. Exactly. Thanks. Thanks. Do you know someone who would really benefit from this episode of The Rework? Maybe a fellow photographer who's in the trenches with you and always looking to level up their biz. Or perhaps you have a friend who is struggling to make their business work. I would be so grateful if you would share this episode with them. All you have to do is head to the platform where you are listening, click the share icon and text it or email it to the person that you think could need it most. 
Thank you so much for doing that. And while you're there, if you have a chance and can give us a review, it would mean the world. We are a micro tiny podcast and we're trying to get the word out to as many portrait photographers as possible to help them build better businesses and better lives for their family. And if you would help us do that, it would mean the world. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time on The Rework. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework.